You're listening to the Dirty Dozen Podcast. This week's artist, Metallica. It's time for Atlas to rise, hit the lights, and escape, because nothing else matters but to be the one to heed the call of the Cthulhu. So come on, <laughs> jump into the fire, and join the things that should not be. Your hosts, Rob Heitman and Jacob Newkirk. It's always impressive how many of those you can fit into. I know, way. I had a lot that time. <laughs> Anyway, welcome to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, where we rank the Dirty Dozen or Top 12 Metallica songs while discussing the band and pounding back a few brews. But we won't on this episode. We are going to be pounding back something else, but I'll tell you about that in two seconds. Mm-hmm. I'm Rob. And I'm Jake. Hey, I'd like to give a thanks to everybody out there who's been active on our Facebook page. Although I can't send this shout out to everyone, I'd like to take a quick second to have a couple special shout outs. Michelle Stewart, Kendra Gutierrez. Susan Rodwell, Alex Hannon, thank you for being active on our Facebook page. And a special shout out to Ralph McKinley for submitting an audio clip for the second time ever in this podcast. Nice. He had a Metallica story, which you'll probably enjoy in a little bit. All right. Cool. We just finished doing our death drop video. What do you think? It's a serious uh, shot. I don't even, it's not a shot. That's like a, that's a drink with an A. And we downed it. Yeah. It yeah. Was, it was legit. I don't want to give too much away, but you got to check it out. It's pretty hardcore. We thought that the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse were hardcore. No, this, this one. This was worse. Worse or best. I don't know. What, it tasted it really well. I felt like the dragon from Game of Thrones afterward because yeah. I felt like I was breathing out like the blue fire, not the red fire. I was, I was, you know. The, yeah, I felt blue. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Jake. So tell me how <laughs> Lars Ulrich and the guys from Metallica. <laughs> Lars. Impact- <laughs> Well, you're a drummer, right? Impacted the life of Jacob Newkirk. Yeah, that's the irony of all the bands. Metallica and, and has Lars the best drummer, there. right? Yeah. <laughs> he's good, man. I'm not gonna say he's he's not good. It's just there's something about Lars that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But anyway, Metallica often with these stories where I introduce, um, my mom had the Black Album tape. Okay. Yeah, and you know you heard Inner Sandman all over the place, and I knew that that song was on that tape, and I stole it from my mom and listened to it a bunch but that was just kind of like the beginning of it obviously then later my best friend randy who was just all about metallica and he had the binge and purge box set we would listen to it yeah. every day over and over we watched the videos he just was like so it was always just around kind of especially in the formative years of when i was playing music and starting to to play drums and everything but, it's amazing some of those box sets that they came out with it was crazy yeah how deep it went and how awesome Yeah, it, it was. really was fan-oriented, too, because I think it came with, like, a little um, backstage pass, even though, I mean, you weren't there. But it, it was kind of cool, just that, that little extra measure that they were aware of to kind of give to the fans and make it a special That wasn't special cheap, thing. either. Back in the day, that was, like, 80 bucks. Yeah, and it was a VHS tape yeah. in there. It wasn't, like, some download or a DVD like we have nowadays. But No, I hear you. Yeah. For me, I remember getting into Metallica in college. Uh, me and a friend of mine, Pat Papa, if you're listening, hey, uh, would sit around and figure out the parts to Injustice for All and One, and we mm-hmm. were in a band together, and I was playing more of the rhythm, the Hatfield parts, the Hatfield parts, and he was more of the Hammett stuff, which is good because he was way better than I was, and probably still <laughs> is. They quickly became my favorite band in college. Ride the Lightning, Master Puppets, Kill Em All, all amazing. Injustice for All had come out just before I got to college, and I remember when the Black Album came out, having that discussion with people about what songs on the album are actual Metallica songs and which ones aren't, you know, that sort of thing. Which ones are Bob Rock songs. Yeah. Yeah. Which ones are, you know, kind of poser or whatever. So that was the, what I came to it with. I saw them twice on the injustice for all tour, which was just amazing. They had that, the big lady justice and then it would collapse. I heard about that. It was crazy. It was awesome. I didn't see them until 2000, I think was my first, uh, 
Metallica show. And then I think I only saw him twice. The next one was in 2003. So, yeah, it was a little bit much, much farther past. And for me, going through this, like, deep dive back into Metallica, I read two books, which I totally recommend to anybody who's into Metallica. Mm-hmm. It's Life School Metallica Death, <laughs> which is a weird thing. But they actually had it on one of their shirts as these are the four things you have to go through in life, right? <laughs> and um, one of their early shirts had Life School Metallica Death. So that was the name of, uh, it was pretty much everything up to the Black album. And then they had a second one, which was Into the Black, both by Brannigan and Winwood. It was fantastic. And it's from, you know, from the Black album forward, all the way up until uh, Death Magnetic. It didn't go to the, new, the Hardwire to Self-Destruct. It didn't go there. So that's pretty much where I came from. I, I still was never a fan of their softer stuff at the time. So I don't know yeah. how that's going to come across in our list, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm curious. Yeah, there, there may be some softer stuff, but it's not maybe as soft as some people would go. <laughs> anyway, people. today's beer is not a beer at all. <laughs> we are drinking whiskey, my friend. Yeah. Not only are we drinking whiskey, we are drinking cool whiskey. Metallica. What is cool whiskey, may you ask? Well, we're doing a Metallica podcast. And what is cool whiskey? Of course, Metallica whiskey is cool whiskey. We're drinking Blackened. Mm-hmm. And we have, uh, in our glasses, we have Frozen Bullets. Well, they're not actually Frozen Bullets, but they're designed. It's pretty cool. They put it in like a yeah, uh, revolver awesome. revolver yeah. case. sits in your freezer, and it freezes. Yeah, it's like Whiskey Stones. But whiskey Stones, but, they're, but they look like bullets. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? Anyway, the, we have different batches. We're drinking uh, batch 89. It's Robert Trio's Arrangement. And what they do with the Black and Whiskey, which is kind of interesting, is, of course, they put it in the brandy cask, and they do all this stuff to it. And the whiskey tastes phenomenal, by the way. And I'm a whiskey fan, so... I haven't tasted yet. I'm waiting for the announcement. And what they do is they play it for like a day with a certain playlist. And it kind of loosens the... (laughs) Supposedly. They're sonically infusing the whiskey with Metallica music. And depending on which one you get, we're 089, that's batch. They have different playlists that go with that. And uh, Robert Trejo, uh, his playlist that was infusing the stuff that I'm drinking to. So if you have Hetfield's playlist, it'll taste a little different, I think. Or <laughs> Lars's playlist that tastes really different. Anyway, that one's uh, probably bad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Robert Trejo's... Uh, Trujillo. Trejo. Trejo? <laughs> How do I, I'm going to say I'm saying completely wrong. Trujillo. Trujillo. Yeah. Okay. Robert Trujillo's uh, playlist, uh, this is what this whiskey was infused with. Damage Incorporated, I Disappear, oh, good too. Oh. Holier Than Thou, Call of the Cthulhu, and Justice for All, Confusion, My Apocalypse, and Sad But True. So that's what we're drinking. Ah. So we're not even drinking the whiskey. There's we're drinking little those songs as they infuse Sadness it. at the finish at the end. <laughs> but I, I think the thought is that the music they blast it, like turn up to 11 uh-huh. around it, and it shakes the cask. Yeah. And it loosens the sediment from the cask and it gets into the... Yeah. As much as there's kind of, you know, the novelty gimmick of it, it is pretty cool that there's like a unique bottle that you have in front of you that is, it's one of a kind. And they took that little extra special care to make it customized to the band. And And you can look specifically, when you buy it, look at your batch number and you can look at the playlist. And that's literally what you're... And listen to the playlist while you drink it even. There you go. Mm -hmm. We're not going to do that here. No, not today. Especially since that is not my top 12. We should make our own top 12 and, and submit it to Metallica and ask them for a special because we are so huge yeah. on the podcast. Well, once they taste it, they'll be like, oh, you oh, guys yeah, got it right. Got it. You got yeah. it right. Yeah. What is the, you know, the perfect dirty dozen? Mm-hmm. 
whiskey tastes whiskey. like. <laughs> anyway, I'm we're going way too long on this stuff. Jake, why don't you give it a try? Because yeah, he hasn't wait, tried it yet. Yeah. I'm always halfway done with my glass. Mm-hmm. Mm. Isn't it tasty? Better than I expected, honestly. No, I was expecting it to be some cheap, but it really is a fun. It's a tasty whiskey. I'm, I wasn't joking yeah, about that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because you, know, you don't trust alcohol from sober people. I mean, like maybe only Hatfield is the sober yeah, guy. That's so it. I was always just kind of like, you kind of assume he's sober. It's a kind of a gimmicky thing. And Metallica to do branding, they might as well be Kiss. But after tasting it, I'm like, oh, actually, that's actually really good. Yeah, and if you if, if you think it's not it's not a Hetfield pushing this, although he's no, probably yeah. involved because he wants to get sure, to, yeah, to Chang, mm-hmm. but uh, Lars is probably pushing this at the end of the day. Yeah, and just like when we had um, you know a few episodes ago, we had that uh, the beer. Yeah, Enter Night, which was which is, wasn't bad either. Yeah, so they kind of uh, they partner with good people who make good stuff. If they're gonna put their brand on something, beer and whiskey's a couple of good things. Yeah, it goes with uh, their fan base, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, before we begin, we'll be critically reviewing the songs we will share in under 15 seconds of each tune, unless there is a specific issue of criticism that we will need to highlight and maybe do a second clip. We have made Apple Music and Spotify playlists. Just search Official Dirty Dozen on either service to listen to our list in their entirety. We've also created a current episode playlist, which will automatically update with each podcast to the current podcast. This way, you can just subscribe once and you'll always be up to date. For example, our current, while we're taping this, Tom Petty has his the top 12 Tom Petty songs are up there but when you this is released it will be automatically updated to Metallica and next week it'll automatically be updated to the next artist this way all the money for playing tunes will always head back to Metallica and I totally am with that so if you like yeah. these songs you're like hey I want to listen to Metallica these guys really got me in back into it and hey Metallica is awesome and wow those songs are great just flip over to our, our playlist and you can hear what we played and the, the top 12 songs that we came up with. Yeah. So uh, just please do that. Just don't give it to Napster. <laughs> don't give it to Napster. <laughs> oh, the best comment ever on the Blackened, uh, <laughs> the Blackened Facebook page. This dude goes, can I get it on Napster? <laughs> <laughs> you can't comment better than that. That oh, guy wins. Yeah, 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 he just won. Don't even try it. Don't buy it online. Well, if, if you can't get it anywhere. Do it. I went Did to Bev- I got a Bevmo. Yeah. Oh, they have it there. Bevmo, and it was twenty five dollars cheaper than you'd get it online. That's yeah. So it's a significantly low. It's a. I'm paying two thirds of it because it's about it was like forty something dollars, mm. but online they want like seventy bucks for it. So anyway, you can probably if you can find it at your local store, you're much better off. So Jake, what's your? Let's get into this. What's your song that missed a cut? Interesting song, or what have you? Song mm. from Metallica. We kind of talked about you know what the miss the cut would be and it, maybe trying to angle it a little more obscure. Sure. Um, Minus, I hope. For uh, I kind of was like wrestling with the the concept of the entire Lulu album, which oh. <laughs> I super hate. But I, you're gonna pick one of the songs off of Lulu? No, I'm not. Okay, and this is the thing where I'm just like I I wanted to show up and just be like, look at this album. Let's talk about how ridiculous. For those this of you who don't know, Lulu is an album they did with Lou Reed, and. Yeah. For me, it's one of the hardest albums to listen to. Totally, and I've tried multiple times. Yeah. I think if you're a Lou Reed fan first, and then Metallica, then it might make sense. But I just I'm not a Lou Reed guy. Right. So in terms of being weird, I guess that would be a, a pick. But to kind of meet somewhere in the middle, I was going to go off that SNL album. Oh, cool! Yeah, with the orchestra and not the No Leaf Clover song that was kind of like the original from there that was the radio hit, I think, but the uh, the Human song. 
I thought was a little cool that you know there was the orchestra combination with Metallica and it was uh, a song they put together intentionally for that purpose. Yeah, that whole album was was quite interesting. It's so funny that they asked the guy who did the uh, conducting. Mm-hmm. He mentioned it to them at one point. Back yeah, years ago, right? Like years. It was like five years later. And they said, okay, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah, like they kept like, in what? the back of their minds. Is, uh... what, what will we do? And it's like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. For those of you who don't know, S&M is they did an album with Metallica playing with a full orchestra. Mm-hmm. It's really an interesting listen, no matter what. I mean, of all of these, oh, these are old songs that I've heard before. Trust me, you have not heard yeah, these songs reinvented. before. And I know people who are uh, mostly keyboard players, but... People who love this album more than any Jason Metallica Wick. album. Jason Wick. You heard about him last week. Jason Wick loves this album. Anyway, let's listen to Human for a second. That was Human off of S&M. That was Jake's song. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I went another way, which is not surprising. Lulu. Uh, <laughs> Lulu. I went full Lulu on this. <laughs> I was going to go Hardwired to Self-Destruct. There are some really good songs on Hardwired. There are, yes. And for me, if you take the first four songs and you take the last song to start with, you're awesome. Straight across the board, good. There's some extra stuff in there that I'm like not as sold on. Mm-hmm. But you listen to the first four songs, like, holy cow, this is the best album ever that they've come out with a while. And it's like, oh, they started doing a couple little things. But overall, you could take that album and condense it just a little bit and like five, six songs. And it's fantastic. It's just really almost as good as like old Justice for All. It's almost that good. Yeah. And, it, and it sounds good and all the instruments sound yeah. good and they're not doing that crazy stuff they did in St. Anger with the no drums <laughs> or what he's playing on paper cups or whatever he's playing on. Aluminum cans. But I just didn't do that. I went to Death Magnetic. Yeah, it's a good tune. Uh, I went album. to this song not because of the song, which I do like quite a bit. I went for the video. And if you have not seen the video to All Nightmare Long, which is a song on uh, Death Magnetic, it is about the most bat-ass crazy video you've ever seen. They, they do it. this. I may actually stop this and, and play the video for you just so you can see it. But mm-hmm. it's a music video which they said was made in like 1913 in Russia that they found some spores in 1906 and they used them and they were able to save people who were dying and reanimate people. So it's sort of like a zombie drug. Okay. And then the whole story was that then they, in 1949, they dropped a bomb with this stuff and it reanimated all the corpses and it went crazy in the streets, but only they had the antidote. So then USSR took over America in the early 50s. So wow. it is I don't really crazy and it looks real as best they can. I mean, because it, it looks all grainy. The video and it's it's yeah. fantastic. Kirk Hammett's a big old horror movie fan too. Oh, yes, so I it's bet awesome. that was uh, maybe a. Probably his leaning. Yeah, but this song, if you listen to the bass intro to this, which I may actually play that. I may not even go into the song. The chorus is good. The verse is okay, but the chorus is really good. Kirk's playing, like, all of these songs, this song kind of sits in the mid to low range uh-huh. quite a bit. But Kirk plays a couple times where he's really up high, and it so stands out. Mm-hmm. And I love that kind of bite. And Kirk's actually playing guitar in Death Magnetic, by the way. Like not on like Saint Anger where they yeah, decided, no solos to, they decided not to do any solos because <laughs> we don't do solos anymore or whatever yeah, stuff. Yeah. And the worst thing about Saint Anger, and I will not talk about Saint Anger anymore. <laughs> uh, maybe I will. Why not? Saint Anger 
oh, they did that group think on the on the lyrics. It's among the worst lyrics I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. it reminds me of being in a high school band and just trying to like jot down some cool lyrics because they might sound cool, but but yeah. Although, like good. even Hardwired, Kirk Hammond has no credit on writing on no that song album. Songwriting? None at all. You know why? Because the guitarist lost his iPhone where he had over 250 licks. Oh, I remember that he had written that. for it. And once it was gone, it yeah. was gone. He lost it on the way to the studio, so he had nothing to contribute. Oh, my God. 250 licks. How long had he worked on that? And he's like, I got these awesome song ideas. Can't wait to... And it's like, oh. <laughs> oh, not only does he lose his phone, but oh, just anyway. Well, they probably sucked. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> and maybe it would have made that five or six songs into like a yeah, 10 Yeah, bring song it up thing, more, right? yeah. Less filler. Anyway, let's hear a little bit of uh, All Nightmare Long. I'm going to start from the beginning just because it's so awesome. That's All Nightmare Long. That's my add-on. And uh, it's, uh, it's a good tune. Please check the video out. I will put a link to the video in our show notes. So if you haven't gone to DirtyDozenPodcast.com. Go to DirtyDozenPodcast.com for this episode, and I will put a link in there so you can see this freaking video. It's amazing. Oh, before we even get on to the main stuff, yeah. I, I don't know if we're going to be talking about Garage Inc. too much. I tend to not have any covers. Oh, in my, my God. I love that album. It's a fantastic album. The Our, Prince would be on this list if it wasn't a cover. For me, I don't count Unfortunately, covers, yeah. yeah. But what they did with the club tour for Garage Inc., I have never heard this before, and I was reading the book... What they did is they took a tribute band called Battery, which is one of the best Metallica tribute bands, uh -huh. and they had them open up for them so that people who came to the club wanting oh. to hear Metallica would play it, and then they went on and they played just stuff from Garage Inc. Okay. So it's like they had their tribute to them, followed by their tribute oh, to everybody cool. else. I didn't know that. So yeah, and they, and they said that the people at Battery, they were like, couldn't believe that this was freaking happening. Yeah, that would blow your mind for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and they get up there and it's like... When they were in front of that audience, they treated them like they were Metallica. Sure, yeah. Because these are all these songs, you know, Creeping Death, or yeah, whatever else they're, they're playing. From the Metallica, mm -hmm. Bell Tolls, Master Puppets, all yep. that stuff. They're and then Metallica out. comes And up. Metallica plays up, you know, Last <laughs> Caress. Oh, dude, in 1996, the MTV Music Awards, this is the one cool thing Metallica did that nobody has an idea that what they did. This is after the load and reload, and they were getting a lot of crap. But they got a chance to do the MTV Europe Music Awards. Mm -hmm. And this is before the internet and everything kind of blowing up. And it probably, I guess you can probably find it. But they were supposed to play King Nothing. But they decided not to play that. And this is a live feed to all of Europe on MTV. And you know what songs they ended up playing? Last Caress. I got something to say. I killed your baby oh, today. No, I raped yeah. your mother today. All that stuff. <clears throat> Yeah. And so what? Oh, that's even worse. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's sleeping a, with sheep, doing all this. You got to bleep all that. Yeah. 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 But they played them entirety and they didn't <laughs> cut it until the end. That's pretty bad. And, and it kind of, you know, it, it was one of those things that I don't care, you know, how bad you thought reload was or load or whatever. They went and did that and it got almost no coverage because, the, you know, people didn't really <laughs> complain. It was just one of those things like, I can't believe that just happened. But it disappeared. And when they right. re-released it, Metallica was not in 
Sure. The MTV. Sure, I'm sure they uh, <laughs> the replay is that out. not yeah. on there. They didn't play that in you know in 1996 in their that's mind. That's pretty cool. They get street cred points for that. I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I didn't mean, know that. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, okay, let's get into the Dirty Dozen. Okay, Jake, what's your number twelve? Oh, this was difficult because not just the catalog itself is so huge, but there's songs that you feel like should be essential and certain albums that should be represented and all that. But I'm, I guess let's jump in and. Well, for me, it was it was ridiculously hard. Yeah, I didn't think it so would I'm be. I'm a massive Metallica fan, and I know you're not as big of one. But... I'm not, but it still is very difficult because there's different versions of Metallica that you really appreciate on its own, mm-hmm. and then to try and narrow it down to 12. It's a burden, but I'm going to start with my number 12 is For Whom the Bell Tolls. Okay, starting. Cool. That baseline rules at the beginning. Uh, the long intro is pretty cool. Good uh, arrangement, obviously, and the rest of the song is a little bit too long. But it's still a very good tune. You know, that's like one of the only songs that has the bells going on in the beginning. Yeah, like ACDC's. Right, Hell's Bells. Whenever I hear on the radio, I'm like, which song is this, ACDC or Metallica? You know that they don't actually use bells for that intro. What do you mean? What he does is they have a cement room, and Lars was striking an anvil with a hammer. Oh, nice. And that's what you're hearing. You're hearing an anvil being struck with a hammer. By little... By little Lars. But no, but he can hit hard. (laughs) Boom. And that's an echo. Yeah. And it's just a true echo chamber that they had set up. And he's like, boom. That's cool. And it sounded awesome. So so, it's off a ride of lightning, by the way. And uh, Mm. For Whom the Bell Toes is a fantastic song that Jake has way... <laughs> Not even where it should be. This, so that's right. this is where my contrast kind of are. Oh, um, no, no. I'm sure we'll, we'll have our album different. leanings. That's for whom the bell tolls. It's all about that intro. Oh, my gosh. The, the hard thing about this, and I was talking to Jake offline about this is when you have a song that's eight minutes long to take a 15 second clip yeah metallica what they do is they arrange the song with crazy and number of riffs not like a standard song structure most of the time at least on the earlier stuff you lose the flavor of a song by taking one 15 second snippet of it yeah so out of all of the ones i'm hoping that we whet your appetite for metallica on this and you're listening to Metallica again, full bore. Yeah, go yeah. dive in. Dive in. Flip to our our Spotify or our Apple Music, whatever. So that was your twelve. My twelve. I went really old school. I went to something that David Mustaine actually brought to the nice. band. He called it the Mechanics. Oh, and, yeah. uh, good pick. And uh, Metallica called it the Four Horsemen. <laughs> Obviously, it was in my head from the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, which we did last week. Ooh. After Mustaine was fired from the band in '83. Metallica reworked the song and they changed the words around. Lyrics are completely different, but yeah. the, but the rhythm is similar. If you listen to Mechanics by Megadeth, right. and there's a different section in the Metallica version too. Yeah, and there's different. Which stuff. do you prefer? Four Horsemen. Four okay, Horsemen. you hear the Four Horsemen in concert. Holy crap, that it just explodes. It's like you may find that I'll have a lot of songs on my list that Metallica destroys live mm. that's where i love metallica i mean i love metallica everywhere don't get me wrong if you ask me my top three four favorite bands metallica would be oh, there. okay <laughs> anyway so let's hear a little bit of the four horsemen i don't know where i'm gonna start let's just uh drop the needle Okay, 
Okay, that's four horsemen. It's always nice to hear a little young James Hetfield. Oh voice. man, I. You know what I love? <laughs> they do all these concerts that they'll do albums in their entirety from start to finish. So yeah, I mean, they did Black Album. Yep. They did Ride the Lightning. They did Master. It's, it's all on YouTube. So I will put links to all these stuff on YouTube. <laughs> but I was listening to that this week. I was like, holy cow! I've never heard them play that song. Or, yeah. Like they played Escape, which they've never played live. I was gonna say a lot of these songs they probably never incorporated into a live show because there's just so many, so much material they have to touch. But if they're going to do an entire album, they have to probably go back in the studio, sit together, and kind of rehearse all this stuff and and go through it again to be be able to execute it on stage. Yep. But yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Like some of the songs were my favorite songs, like Metallica. Period. And actually, my number eleven will kind of flow into that. It was one of these songs that. At the time, Metallica didn't play it live. Now they play it live quite often. And it's off of Master Puppets. It's called Disposable Heroes. Mm. It's all about generals are calling these people to go and die when I say you will die back to the front. Yeah. Kirk Hammett said he watched a bunch of war films and kind of got into that yeah. mode yeah. when he did it. And oh, I tell you what, the, the phrase Disposable Heroes is from the book, I think it's by Bradbury. It's called the Fahrenheit 451. You'll find that a lot of Metallica stuff is literature or movie yes. yeah, I've noticed references. That, yeah. uh, kind of a topical subject matter where they'll take that concept and uh, write material around For it. you, it's interesting that Lars, mm. in that Why Am I Dying Hell, you know that part, mm. is the last time that Lars Ulrich plays a ride symbol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like almost anywhere until like the next one he plays oh, right. until it sleeps. I've noticed like looking at his drum setup, I'm like, you have a China symbol where you should have a ride. What do you do? You can't just have a hi-hat only. Yeah, I, I never understood that. And this song has BPM of 220 in some, in some sections. Oh, thanks. And it's, uh, yeah, I know, it's like, <laughs> get going, Jake. Uh, yeah, Disposal Heroes, fantastic tune. And, yeah, it uh, is. It is a good tune. Good album. Okay, that's my number 11, Good Disposable pick. Heroes, which is an amazing song off of Master Puppets. Jake? Yeah, my 11. Another Ride the Lightning album song. It is one of the coolest Bible stories, I feel like, that there is. It um, is. I know. You about uh, Passover and that, that angel of death. Really cool uh, narration going on and just altogether a really cool song. But yeah, Creeping Death. I love the... Uh, the breakdown, especially when they're like everyone's chanting "die" with that uh, the crowd participation part. But oh uh, my gosh, when you see staple. them live, holy cow! Yeah, everyone's just like shaking their fists die, at that part. And yeah. die. And back when Jason Newstead was in the band, he was yeah. like leading that part too. Oh, for me, I, that's all I knew. And when I yeah. seen him live, that was who I saw yeah. live. I, yeah. I I haven't seen him with Rob. Yeah, I, I never saw what Jason Newstead, but but I like him better. He was really good. Yeah. I, and. Robert Trejo, I always say his name wrong, I'm sorry. Hmm. But as far as... A he's skill, amazing. He's a skilled bassist. I just don't think he should be a Metallica. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's interesting. It's that thing of where, like, the, the ability, what he can do, and what he's kind of, like, capable of, and what he's more leaning towards. I mean, obviously, if you have a chance to be a Metallica and you're a musician, you're going to be like, yeah, I'll, I'll jump on board. I, I mean, it's a paycheck. They, and, uh, yeah, you when know. they gave him the... The job is oh yeah, a million dollars advance yeah yeah <laughs> yes that that says it all yes I'll I will play, take a million dollars I'll play poker for a million bucks that's right I will I will be on the next Poison yeah. album for a, <laughs> for a million dollars 
or, or uh, the, the winger comeback. Uh, yeah, all the above. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. All right. Uh, yeah, Creeping Death. Creeping Death. Yeah, it's crazy. The bass is just killer in that album, mm-hmm. by the way. And uh, yeah, the audience participation is just fantastic. Anyway, mm-hmm. so let's go. They got this from the movie, The Creeping Death. They got it from the movie, The Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Like when they showed it on video, they sh- which the whole idea of a Passover, by the way, is that they smeared lamb's blood over the doors and they passed it over and everybody else. Yeah, if you was, didn't it do was that, the last plague, their firstborn, firstborn, son firstborn son yeah. was was dead. Uh, and so it was a massive death in the land. Yeah. And uh, but in the movie, it looked like this green cloud, and they mm-hmm. and they said it looked like creeping death. And that's where that kind of started from. Yep. So uh, anyway, cool. let's uh, get some Creeping Death going on. Because Creeping Death is awesome, man. <laughs> Hold on one second. I, I have to mention something. That section that we just listened to. Yeah. Uh, where it goes. Dun, 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 you know what I hear? Huh. This is what I hear. Captain Crunch, Captain Crunch. He's inviting you to lunch. Captain Crunch, Captain Crunch. Bunch of bunch of bunch of bunch. Why? <laughs> I don't know. That that's that that is what the MOD part of my mind oh, yeah, popped MOD. in there for the Captain Crunch oh, song yeah. for, uh, uh, USA for MOD. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same rhythm. Yes. And, and as soon as they did that, I was like, I, I can't not hear that. Well, <laughs> extra credit to anyone who knows MOD. MOD is awesome. <laughs> it's really politically completely incorrect. Yeah. There's there's not even an ounce of that. But that's, that's what makes it great. Yeah. But anyway. Billy Milano, check it out. <laughs> Okay, that's eleven for Jake. Yep, yep. Once again, a little too uh, low on the list for you, yeah, huh? for me, yeah, a little bit. But creeping death number eleven for Jake. Yeah, so what do you got for number ten? Oh, okay. If you go with the other thing, I'm going to be pissed off. <laughs> What's the other thing? Inner Sandman? <laughs> no. My number, uh, my number ten, was off a great album, Injustice for All. Uh, this song is called Dyer's Eve. Nice. Yeah. This album, special place in my heart. It's it's really high up there. Uh, the song takes a long time to start, maybe thirty seconds, but it's another great thrasher with that tight riffing and the stop starts. That We're only like, playing the top first fifteen seconds. I'm sorry. Well, and, that, and that's the thing. It's like this this album, like we said, it has so many. It's complex. There's so many riffs going on in here. So it's like, how do you represent any song? But yeah, it's a lyrical rant, kind of from Hetfield to his parents, right? Uh, dear mother, dear father, and. And uh, yeah, yeah, Dyer's Eve is fantastic. But let's let's hear a little bit of it, and I'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. Listen to that riffing. Oh, it's fantastic! Yeah. And James had a truck driver father when he was growing up, mm-hmm. and he. Uh, he was out in the road, but they were all Christian scientists. Scientists, yeah. yeah. And he was kind of segregated at school. And the thing is, his mother died of cancer. cancer. Yeah. And she couldn't get medical treatment because uh, Christian science people don't believe in that. In medicine, yeah. In medicine at yeah. all. 
so he died. So this is all the anger coming out of James. Yeah, there's a lot of songs I think you can look at throughout their catalog where he kind of touches on that topic. And it's obviously impacted him. And much That's like it. stealing tapes from his mother, he, he always comes back to his mother. <laughs> See, me and James, we, yeah, should, we should hang out sometime. Yeah, you have stealing things and he has like anger for... Um, but anyway, <laughs> I love that galloping feeling. Four and a half minutes in, they have this like really galloping section. I really love that. I like generally mm-hmm. galloping. If it sounds like galloping, I'm in for Metallica. Yeah, well, it's that again that that tight riffing where it's just so like intricate but like precise. And Lars it's... doesn't play the double bass part live on the song. Yeah, why? It's too difficult. Oh, then don't record it that way. Injustice for all for musicians and for me. Is one of my favorite albums of all time. We may talk about it a little bit more, so yeah. I'm not going to go too crazy about it. But the musical composition on an album basis totally. is amazing. It is. And uh, unless you're a bass player, then it sucks. Yeah, but, there's nothing going on. There's nothing you. going on. That was a whole hazing thing or whatever. But if you saw them live, like I saw them twice live mm-hmm. and then Justice Roll Tour, uh, Newstead was killer. You heard him. It was yeah. up front. It was there. In the album, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. But they played most of these songs. You know, a lot well, of them at least. It, the thing is, uh, you can go on YouTube and kind of, a lot of people have pushed up. They've taken Injustice for All and brought up the presence of the bass in that mix. Um, mm-hmm. When I've listened to it, though, it, it doesn't sound right to me, only because I think we've heard this album for so long, yep. this one way. Now that you hear all this bass like in your face, it's kind of jarring. But I think they kind of had a chip on the shoulder, something to prove, because they were like, how progressive can we be? How much can we like show off that yeah. we can, are capable? So in one sense, it's kind of, I appreciate that. But in their sense, it's, it is a little bit of bravado and it's a little excessive. But um, overall, Justice is really high up there on my list. Yeah, as I said, it's just, I wish they could somehow go back into the annals in the, of the tape and just mm. remix it. Yeah, get, they get the bass up just a little bit so we can at least hear what yeah. he's doing. Right, some of that and from, low e- end. from everything I heard, but the way it worked back then with on tape, the tapes have been faded. They've been cut up quite a bit. It was a lot of manual yeah, effort. Yeah, a manual effort. So it's not like today. And I'd read that they went in and they listened to the tracks and were like, okay, bring the bass down to where you can like Barely hear it right here and then bring it another like a few dBs DB, down. And yeah. everybody was dropping it and dropping it, but they were hazing. Yeah, but it's like it's, it's so crazy because it's self sabotaging. Also, I mean, it's your well, well your it, it was it was pretty much Hetfield and Lars and Ulrich, wanted yeah. their instruments to sound the way they wanted it. Yeah, bringing their instruments out, but not necessarily yeah. bringing very out what's much ego driven, right? For the song, it's like right. I want my drums to sound awesome. Yeah, and they sound awesome. Sure, they do. I, they do. I, I want the guitars to sound awesome. Hetfield's guitars sound awesome. Yeah. But, well, the bass is in that space. Well, screw it. Drop the bass 6 dB. Yeah, Drop it's it getting in the way. So it's completely out, <laughs> and you can't even hear it. And um, Anyway. But all that being said, I still really love that album. Technically, as a musician, once again, yeah, one of the best albums ever. Yeah, very complex. And uh, Okay, so I'm up to my 10 now, right? That yeah. was your 10, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to 10, and I'm going to go with one that you were joking about before. <laughs> The understandment, yeah, <laughs> I, I, and I think ten is the appropriate place for. I agree. Understandment for you know the explosion. I mean, this is the single that made yeah. the Black Album number one it. on the U.S. charts mm-hmm. because people bought the album. They didn't this, necessarily yeah. buy the single. Yeah, they bought the album, and this was the this one. defined the sound of the album. Really, there was a lot like we talked about justice before it. 
this came on and there was all that low end there was the the production was very rich and obviously with probably bob rock and it was heavy i mean tell you what if the black album sounded entirely like this holy crap i mean yeah enter sandman could fit almost on any album there's a couple of the songs on this that if they added another two minutes to (laughs) <laughs> you know, yeah, kidding. Which album it would yeah, fit in? Yeah, it was less less complex. Yeah, but still heavy and like I said, so production rich. Like this album, you hear because I think I heard like there was like forty or fifty microphones capturing a lot of these moments. So it's it's just gonna add to that sort of like that sound, that surround sound that's going on in your head. Now, when we step back from this, this is what the impact of this song was. But did you know what the original lyrics of the song was supposed to be? I, I don't, but I remember hearing that they told him to rewrite them because they were like, you could do better. This is what James Hetfield's original lyrics, okay? The original lyric was about sudden infant death syndrome. Oh, yeah, some SIDS? Yeah. When the baby dies inexplicably in a crib, and it's often never, never land to disrupt the perfect family, you know, the Sandman kills the baby. Boo. And the, and the original lyrics. Uh. And then they brought it to mainstream. And imagine if they would have kept that. It probably wouldn't have been. Uh, it would well, not. It would, it would not knows? have been. Yeah. It would not have been the MTV hit. Right. It's like, oh well, the baby's dead. It's awful. It's like oh, oh, go like last arrest. Yeah, it would be right on par with that. Right. No good point. Yeah. Hammett, when he was talking about this, because uh, he came up with the main riff for this, and mm-hmm. he said, Yeah, he did. He had heard Soundgarden's. Yeah, he ripped it love. off of Soundgarden. And he was trying to capture that big heavy riff. It wasn't necessarily ripped it off from Soundgarden, but he. He liked yeah, that heavy the feel to it. He came up with the hook, and then Lars is an arranger. Lars isn't a creator; he's an arranger. He's exactly, yeah. And he's like, "Do this, do this, do this." Mm-hmm. And he, instead of playing that one like all the way through, he had him play it like three yeah, times, three times, and, and then, then the tag, then at the, the end. tag, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it worked. Yeah, I love the laugh at the end, <laughs> and the solo with the wah pedal, and yeah, what you can't deny this tune, man. It, and the prayer in the middle is just a freaking yeah, genius move. Teaching the prayer to the kid, yeah. I mean, it's one of the most recognizable riffs, hands down. I love that wah section mm-hmm. right there. Lars, for everything you, people give him crap about, when he's playing toms, you feel it. it it's just freaking Man. amazing. If he's playing snare, step away. I can't stand. <laughs> I don't like him playing snare. I don't like him playing hi hat. He's playing. How toms. about that Saint Anger snare though? Oh, well, that's, there's no snare that's like a tin can. But anyway. Anyway, that's my number 10. Enter Sandman. Obviously, it's one of the most popular Metallica songs of all time. Can't deny it. So that was my 10 and my, I go nine now, right? Mm-hmm. And speaking of Metallica songs that are, I have to put on there, this is off of Ride the Lightning. It's about suicide. Oh, yeah. It's Faith of Black. It's slow intro. Two minutes in, it just gets heavy. And that's what I really like about this song. It's not a ballad that stays ballady all the way through. Yeah, it builds upon itself. And, it just builds yeah. and builds and builds. And, and the solo is actually quite bluesy compared mm-hmm. to most of the stuff he does. This is all written about uh, in Boston that Metallica had their equipment stolen. Oh, Believe that's it or right. not. Yeah. 
on tour. Yeah. James Hetfield had this Marshall head that was a vintage Marshall head that he couldn't replace, that he had forever. And that was one of the things that disappeared. And he's like, then he was like, dude, I don't know if I can move on. And then that sort of streamed into Fade to Black. And that's where that came from. They got a lot of flack for this uh, being a suicide song. And they've mm-hmm. always had that. But they've had people commit suicide and blame the song. And they've also had yeah. people say that this song saved them from committing suicide. Yeah. Depends so, where you're coming from. That's my number nine. Yeah, get lost in that song. Fade to black. No, no <laughs> doubt. I mean, that, it's a great tune, even though it's the topic is what it's about. All right. So, Jake, what's your number nine? Number nine off the black album, Holier Than Thou. Really? Yeah. Okay. It is a sweet riff. Listening back, kind of uh, to put together my list, I was like, man, this song I always loved, but it really was sticking out to me a lot. So, it had to kind of. Uh, get a i guess a number eight but also i love the vocals in it too and this again we talked about the production on this album and it was very rich um vocally too but there was like there's a lot it's going on in these, it is but uh but it's just so tasty i think in the vocals with like a lot of the harmonies and things going on with hetfield's voice this song kind of stuck out to me so bob yeah. rock actually thought that this song was about him serious yeah because i hate bob Ross. because because he was coming in and he was talking about the way they should do things oh yeah you know obviously christians get kind of the the bulk of what this is yeah. fellow evangelists and uh coming in and being like oh i'm so much better than you yeah and, uh, a pious kind of yeah elitist view but uh i love the energy and tempo in this song that's what i think really jumps out and then that that riff kind of too it's just it's really 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 catchy riff so let's hear holier than thou okay that's jake's number nine yeah holier than thou off of the black album good tune it's a good tune yeah nine eh. nestled right in where it should be (laughs) (laughs) okay what's it gonna interesting okay um okay number eight sure this is where we're gonna get into some meat now meat yeah i need the meats and uh... potatoes (laughs) that's what i need let's uh jump over to master of puppets here master of where what is that is that is that the black album that's all i know is the black album before then okay (laughs) this song is a little little song you might have heard of called battery oh and Maybe it's lower than yours, but it better be on your list. But all I, all I have to say for this song is one word. Brutal. Brutal. This is, this is your eight? It's my eight, only because it gets better from there. It's your eight? <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, you like the acoustic intro. That's probably the biggest thing you like about this, right? You know? <laughs> hey, it's all part of it. Do I want to talk Any about battery? Works? Okay, let me talk about battery. <laughs> Just briefly. People freaked out about the song Battery as like a salt and battery. And then people thought about it was like a battery from like a cannon. Like a a cannon's called a battery. Uh But but it's really, it came down to Battery Street in San Francisco. Where these guys played gigs. And this is them playing live. And this is Mm -hmm. that atmosphere that they're Mm -hmm. getting into. 
and maybe they have some some double entendre with that stuff. Yeah, but but at it, the end it's of the day, really worse. whatever. And the BPM is all over the place. Yes, <laughs> and battery. It's so um, great. Yeah, and it's not. I don't know if it's on purpose. <laughs> oh, that's a good point too. <laughs> but uh, you know, no, it's it's fantastic. Battery is <laughs> just one of those songs. Inexplicably, that's Jake's number eight battery. <laughs> it's a great no, tune. No, no, it's a great tune. It's a, it's a good tune. So that's your eight. So I guess I'm on my number eight as well now, right? Number yeah. one, eight, and seven mm-hmm. for me. Hopefully, it's not stuff that you've already said. Oh, this is off of Jake's favorite album. In fact, it's the title track. You don't of know Jake's, me. Jake's favorite album. <laughs> oh, okay, I know what you're gonna say. It's "Injustice for All" off mm-hmm. of "And Justice for All." And I just remember working with Pat Papa, my friend, and uh, he was just a fantastic guitar player. And he did the Hammett parts, and I did the Hetfield parts. And we went through Injustice for All, and uh, I played a little for Jake just on acoustic guitar before we started. And but just but, yeah, but but it's just it's it's fantastic. And uh, yeah. and the switch to the heavy guitars in this, and as it starts going, and musically, it's just so amazing. And Kirk Hammett, when they played the song live. He literally had to have a chart, and a lot of these guys had to have a chart for where all of the changes were because they didn't have, there's no vocal cues. This is one of those amazing songs that's complex with so many structured parts, and most of it's triggered without any vocal cues whatsoever. So uh, Kirk Hammett, once after finished playing the song, he says, we're never ever playing that effing song again. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was just so ridiculously hard. Uh, anyway, uh, for me, uh, it doesn't get any better than the, my number eight. Well, it does get better because it goes seven better, I guess. But from just a musical song, Injustice for All. So let's hear a little bit of that. So that was my number eight, and Justice for All. Uh, my number seven is off a of Master of Puppets mm-hmm. in 1986. One of my favorite songs, and another one of these songs that I learned to play quite a bit. Uh, it's called Welcome Home uh. Sanitarium. Uh, it's uh, the arpeggiated chords, the clean sound, uh, the melodic lead line over the chords. And James Hetfield, people don't appreciate how good a lyricist he is. Yeah. The lyrics about somebody trapped in a mental institution and keep him tied, it makes him well, he's getting better, can't you tell? Mm. Uh, but it's so freaking awesome. Yeah, and, and really well. And yeah. he was influenced by One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. The whole idea of being stuck in a mental institution, he, he puts you in stuck in places. Trapped on the rice, trapped on whatever, wherever it is. He puts mm. you in that frame. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and a lot of thrash metal and metal generally tends to be pushed over on about like hey we're awesome we're gonna kill you we're gonna have sex with you we're gonna whatever they want to do with you but he did some deep stuff yeah deeper and he put you in you know he's a big movie freak a big literary freak they get into the space it's like oh gosh the solo at the end of this you feel like this is like the patient's trying to escape 
he's trying to you know he realizes the only thing he has to do is kill the people to get out and get away and so good so anyway uh one of the best songs that all of these are one of the best metallica songs once we said eight on this is this, <laughs> i know right <laughs> it, it's, it's like even nine on like faith of black it has to be one of the best ones too uh so let's hear a little bit of a uh, sanitarium Anyway, that's my number seven. <laughs> Welcome home, Sanitarium. Good pick. Yes, I love his vocals on that one for sure. And I know I, I had two of the pseudo ballads already: "Fade to Black" and, uh, and "Sanitarium." But right. as I said, it's not a cheese sort of thing. Hey, you know I love ballads. <laughs> I know I, I can't wait to see what your number one is. I don't know if it's Unforgiven or Nothing Else Matters, but I know it's probably one Maybe of those. It's Unforgiven Three. <laughs> No, I hope not. Lord help me. Anyway, uh, number seven was Welcome Home Sanitarium. Jake, what do you have as number seven? My seven's a bit heavier than that, but it is off Master Puppets. Oh, thank God. I thought you were going to say Reload. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is off of Lulu. This is off of Lulu. I love it so um, much. This is a, such a good song. Damage Incorporated. Really? Okay, okay. No, it's a good tune. Yeah. The precise thrashing. At some of its finest, that intro with the like the reverse chords that set the mood for for the tune, and then it just hits you. I don't like the slow build in the beginning of Damage Inc. By the way, mm-hmm. it just reminds me of generic '80s type of crap. Oh. And, and but then once it gets going, I'm awesome. You know, it's like boom, 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 <laughs> and it's great. But they do this like build that's in the beginning, and I'm like, Ugh. you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, again, they have uh, you know insecurities. They're trying to prove something in these uh, immature albums early on. <laughs> well, this thing, you know, they're either you you want to die on die for honesty, or do you want to live on your knees and be conformed mm. to whoever is in, in power and. It's a uh, solo. It's just yeah. freaking blazing. But it's, yeah, it's it, it takes off and just it kills. Okay, let's do some some damage. I shouldn't make you listen to the one minute. Just <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> I won't. Okay, good. That's Damage Incorporated. Jake's number seven. So, Jake, what's your number six? What do you got, buddy? Fade to Black is my uh, number six. Oh, okay, good. You already mentioned it. I kind of hinted at it before. It's a departure from all that previous material they did prior and all that, uh, their catalog. Uh, Really well-composed tune. Kind of builds on itself and gets heavier, like we mentioned, and then, um, ironically, kind of ticks off into the end and fades to black. Yeah, it's a killer tune. That's awesome. Anyway, that's Fade to Black. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess I'm up now at my number six. Yeah. Number six. This is off of Ride the Lightning. Okay. And uh, it's a title track. For me, the beginning, the lick, the doubling effect, the lyrics put you, once again, this is a Hatfield lyric thing. He puts you in that mind of somebody who's strapped into an electric chair 
and all of the things that's going through that person's mind. Mm-hmm. And I dig that. I dig taking you somewhere that you know you'll never, hopefully, ever be. Right? <laughs> God forbid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Kirk Hammett came up with the whole ride the lightning thing off of reading a Stephen King yep. book, yep. The Stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of, Stand is one of my favorite books of all time. By the way, uh, I'm a big Stephen King guy. Selectively Stephen King, but the stand is really there uh, for me. The Gunslinger series is really there for me. A couple of their needful things, really there for me. But the stand, kind of like the end of the world scenario, one of the guys said, I got to ride the lightning. Mm-hmm. Talking about being on death row. That ended up being a big part of the album. And uh, you can almost feel the, the straps tighten, although they're never mentioned in this. <laughs> the breakdown and into the solo is just fantastic. The solo just accelerates into a descending run where it just explodes into Kirk at his best. The main riff is so powerful in the song. And about five minutes in, you can hear like almost a heartbeat going. And then like this small change in the last verse of the riff is heard, but it's just slightly different. And it's kind of like, here we go. We're, this is about it. You know, we're almost done now. You know, that sort of thing. So uh, anyway, Ride the Lightning, number six. That's my number six, Ride the Lightning, uh, which is just, I love that tune. And my number five is one of Jake's songs that he already mentioned. Oh, yeah? Uh, not too long ago. It's off of Master of Puppets. One yeah. of the great songs. Battery. One of the great things about this song is it has this acoustic intro with a classical guitar that's sort of multi-tracked as it's starting. Mm-hmm. Then the guitars come in pretty heavy, like mimicking that riffs and stuff but it's heavy yeah. obviously one minute in they come with the galloping guitars with distortion and the bpm starts jumping up and jumping up and jumping up and then kirk lets this spasmatic eruption of guitar at the end of the first chorus mm-hmm. and it leads into that second verse and it's just oh, so good i want to just catch a little bit of the movement between the clean guitars into uh into yeah. the heavy guitars uh, right in the beginning. So uh, I want to just hear that part because, once again, we're talking about a totally long song, and Battery is fantastic, and we hear the thrashiness of it, and that's great. But I need you to appreciate a little bit of what they're doing on the acoustic. So. battery that's my number five so Good tune. <laughs> it's a great tune and as far as you know thrash metal and heavy metal it doesn't get much better than battery yeah you know it's, it's just a pure metal track i agree so uh jake what do you have at number five yourself my number five is off the, the justice album <laughs> not yet <laughs> okay <laughs> it's coming it's coming uh, okay. self-titled song and justice for all oh, good. Um, okay it, it's a we're really not a, that far off on that yeah actually. that was close it's a it's a bit long but very well assembled there's a lot of parts on this song um and just full of catchy head bombing riffs yeah it's a it's a great tune so let's hear a little bit of and justice for all
Oh, it's going to get good right there. It's always good. <laughs> you know, no matter where we stop, it, it was going to be. It's, it, it's gooder. I tell you. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, I was like, good. But then I'm like, I don't know. Oh, no. gooder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What the freak is going on there? That's what I'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> okay, Jake. We're getting close now. We're, we're jumping up that train. We're climbing yeah, that we're ladder. Getting, we're yeah. hitting number four. four. Number four is some serious four right here. It is. Cause so what's serious at number four? good tunes right here. Same Un- album. Oh, the same Justice album. All, okay. And the song is the opening track, Blackened. It's oh. a, a brutal intro to the album. So many riffs in this tune. And you just can't resist headbanging. I dare you to to not headbang. And, and the thing about Black is it's a really good whiskey too. Just yeah, sidebar that you didn't know. Good beforehand. thing it's in my uh, top four. Top four, yeah. Uh, the swell in the beginning. Yes. This is a Newstead song. He he, yeah. he actually wrote the the lick for the song. They do some reversing guitars in in a little bit in the beginning. He, Kirk always says this was inspired by Deep Purple. Was yeah, I know? read one snippet of that. Yeah. James always comes back to the lyrics about his mom. Mm-hmm. And that actually hits in this song, too. Uh, solo's just really good. The second solo, uh, I love it the way he incorporates some melodic looks in it, hooks in it. Sorry. So let's hear uh, Black in a little bit. Oh, for those of you who couldn't see Good this, stuff. and we did some videos, so hopefully it'll appear in some of our videos somewhere. Uh, Jake and I... Uh, Just we, air drumming. <laughs> we were air drumming. I was <laughs> air vocaling and channeling my inner Hetfield. Uh, and Jake was we all have playing that. behind. So we, we all have, have an had inner Hetfield. I have it in the shot, and if for some reason our video editor, uh, <laughs> the beautiful Rachel Newkirk, <laughs> doesn't uh, put it in our video, I will release it on Facebook somewhere. <laughs> Because it was just too awesome. <laughs> anyway, so number four for Jake. Yeah. Blackened. Off of Injustice for All. All right. Uh, I guess I'm up on number four now. I was trying to figure out which one I should do for number four. And I'm like, this one or that one or that one. or I, I figure I'd just do one. Off of Injustice for All. One. <laughs> One. All right. Uh, for me, I mean, this kind of shook the world. It's the first yeah. video they ever did. Yeah, first photography. And I remember just, once again, this is me and sitting with my friend, just sitting, working these parts out, and not realizing how complex the two parts of this song are. Yeah. Even in the beginning, when you start going through it. Very simple dun, at the beginning, yeah. But the... Different layers that you're doing while somebody else is playing something else. Right. And once they start playing over each other, this is like probably one of the first songs we ever played together that we sat and we had the tab out. And Mm. he did guitar one, I did guitar two. And the playing, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize it did that. Did it just do that? Yeah, it You know what I mean? uh... And you start going through and like, holy crap, it does that. And and you don't hear it because it's just so smooth. It's almost like one guitar on the track. Just lays together. But they just layer it. And they play intricate stuff together so seamlessly that it plays mm-hmm. like a one guitar almost, but right. it really isn't. And it's 
so phenomenal. And when they start going into the heavy riff about, you know, it's almost like a machine gun. And once again, we come back to the lyrical space of James Hetfield. For him to realize that Johnny Got Your Gun, which I read in high school, which kind of probably highlighted this even more for me, is so ridiculous that I would be put in the head of somebody who was trapped with no arms, no legs, no mouth, no nose, no ears, nothing to do. That torture. And just being trapped to be and not realizing. Like when you hear the, I don't know if you get it in the video as much, but when you read the book, he's thinking that like people are, when they're sewing on him or they're doing something, he's thinking rats are eating him. And he's thinking all this weird yeah. stuff. How would you know any Because different? he doesn't yeah. know. Because yeah. he's just there. He has no arms, no legs, no Can't mouth, see or no hear. face. Anything. No yeah. anything. It's like no face, no nothing. And he's just feeling the pain and yeah. his brain's alive. But that's it. And he just wants to get out of there. Yeah. And it's like they're keeping him alive for whatever reason. Yeah. And oh my gosh. What a what a yeah, powerful song. Yeah. And what a... Uh, you know, this was Van's first uh, top 40 single, of course, but it got almost zero airplay. It got MTV airplay because the video was killer. Yeah, the video. But the no radio airplay because it was too violent. That's and long. Saying. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was seven minutes long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that gets to it too. Multiple time signatures in this song. Yes. All over the place. From 3-4 to 2-4 to 6-4. It goes everywhere. To 2-2 even it's sometimes at the end. So let's hear a little bit. Actually, everybody out there who's listening, please take two seconds after this podcast <laughs> is done. <laughs> Flip on YouTube, open up. This is not even our yeah. Do the thing. video. Watch the video. Please. Yeah, oh, so good. Anyway, let me hit a little more. Right here, the guitars do two separate things. And if you're listening to it, you don't really get it. But try to listen to it as two separate guitars coming up right here. Okay, that was one. That was my number four. Okay, I'm going to three. So my three was something you said a while ago. (laughs) (laughs) Creeping Death off of Ride the Lightning. Uh, For me, oh, it's just just watching it live and the Captain Crunch not (laughs) aside, but the watching it live and being in a Metallica show and having everybody sing Die, 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 which is what happens in Exodus. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of crazy if you think about it, but... Yeah, it's massive it's a, death. It's a whole bunch of death, and a lot of people in severe pain, except yeah. for those who were with the the lamb over the doors. Yeah. There's a lot of pain going yeah. on, and, and 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 that's when the Pharaoh finally stepped back and he let the let his let Moses's people free. Really, yeah. uh, vocally, James just cuts and pulls your attention, and it. it's just an amazing tune. The bass is just killer. The last verse after the die section. They have like a spoken word version of the lyric in the background, which you don't think about is there, but it just pulls in quite good. And I'll see if I can find that part. Yeah. 
number three. Creeping Death Blow for Ride the Lightning. Good pick. Number three. On the Metallica Best Songs Ever. <laughs> 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 okay, Jake. Uh, let's go three and uh, I guess I'll go three, two, and I'll go three, two. Three, two? Okay. Um, You're going to steal my thunder, I imagine. But go I ahead. don't know. It's going to get. Uh, Okay, what's we three? Might, we might surprise ourselves. I'm surprised. This, this I don't know. I was surprised. I don't know what happened. My uh, number three is <laughs> off the Black Album. Oh, um, I'm I've, surprised. It's it's <laughs> <laughs> because of my age. Uh, it's uh, an it's an important song, I think, to everybody. Um, no one doesn't whether like, you're forgiven or not. No one doesn't like the song. <laughs> no, no, it's not even that okay, one. This God. is nothing else matters. Oh my. Um. I think this song has always really showcased uh, Hetfield's vocal ability. I like the cool, like subtle orchestral parts in there, but it's a beautiful song and it's heavy too. Um, it brings it's heavy, heavy too. Yeah, it's it's got a heaviness. Come on now, if you if you cue it up towards the end of the song, it's kind of bringing it's bringing bit. some heavy. I got you, I got you, but. Yeah. It, I think it really shows the songwriting ability of Hetfield because at the end of the day, Metallica is James Hetfield. Let's just put that out there on the record. Actually, I think Metallica <laughs> is Lars Ulrich. <laughs> yeah, that's debatable. <laughs> but yeah, this song, I don't know. Again, it might be because of uh, my experience with Metallica and where I kind of landed on the map with my first exposure, but... The song. And, and maybe the impact of your tampon is just song. <laughs> You never know. It's oh, probably a combination yeah. of all that. Oh, just don't mind me. I'm, I've, I've had I've had absinthe tonight. I blame yeah. the absinthe. <laughs> but nothing else. I'm matters. drinking whiskey and I had absinthe. It's your number three. Okay, nothing. No matter matters. who tells you otherwise. Yes. Feel that heavy court. <laughs> By the way, this isn't the S and M version of it. Those those keywords are actually there. Just saying. <laughs> Jake's number three. <laughs> Maybe Nothing it's because uh, I just remember a bunch of sixth grade. Do you have that extra Y chromosome? <laughs> That's probably why. <laughs> Come on. No, I'm kidding. Sixth I'm kidding. grade, and this is the uh, ballad. The oh, no, no, ballad. no. I, in all seriousness, I remember just sitting on the couch and remember, like the, the buddy I talked about, Dan Barbuto or whatever, used to give me all those mixtapes. Mm-hmm. I was just sitting. He had an acoustic guitar, and I was just sitting and fretting an E chord. <laughs> it's a hey man, is that? Nothing else matters. I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> it's the easiest uh, oh, intro. No, yeah, 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 no, I know. It's crazy. Anyway, <laughs> I was just playing, just jerking around. Anyway, yeah. uh, so number two, go ahead, because you already have blew my number two away. And if you blow my number one away, I'll be upset. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. No, you already, you might have already said it. Okay, I hope I did. I hope my number two is your number one. Let's no. see if that's uh, about hope, to happen. I hope that's not happening. Why? 
What album is it off of? Black. Okay, good. Go ahead. It is or isn't? It is not my number oh, one. Oh, that's too bad because number two is Sabbath True. Sabbath True. Oh, no, no. It's a good tune. This is such a heavy down-tempo tune. There's lots of that space that's kind of to breathe, uh, and it creates that kind of less is more thing. But yep. This tune, um, I remember being in the earliest of earliest bands I ever put together, and we would sit there and try and do this tune because it's just, it's so, it feels so good, so catchy, so heavy. It's just. I love the stop at like like 3.05 or 3.06 or whatever, and then it like restarts the solo, which is just, the thing I like about the solo on this is it's tasteful. It's not like a shred fest. Yeah, and I'm not a big Hammett fan, but... um, I think this album in particular, he has some very tasty, tasty. Hammond is underrated for some of the stuff. Like when he's really good, he's really good. Yeah, yeah. When he's on, he's on it. Other times, it's just it feels like a lot of filler. But Sabre True was supposed. It was originally recorded in E, and then uh, Bob Rock said, "Well, why don't you guys drop it?" He goes, "And then supposedly this is what Bob Rock said. He's like, well, isn't E like the lowest you can go anyway?'" And he's like, no, let's just do a drop D tuning. And they did drop D tuning on it. And it just it hit that. So he's it, claiming to have, uh, have... Have have introduced Metallica. But didn't the they do D. drop tuning before this album, I feel uh, like? I don't know. I, I, I don't know that they did, but there was... there was They said that they had done it on another song somewhere. Yeah. Around, around the other, I feel like there was line. at least a song or two that they had done this before. But at least when they were going on that but whole... But this sounds like The Bob whole Rock. Black, black album type of kick. It's like a slow riff pulls along with the echoing. I always think with this song, I think of. Have you ever read the Screw Tape Letters? If you haven't read the Screw Tape oh, Letters, oh yeah, C.S. Lewis. Yeah, by C.S. Yeah. Lewis. Uh, it, it reminds. It's kind of like the devil whispering in your ear. Mm. All of those things, mm. and I always thought of it from that point of view. And I think that even the people from Metallica think it. It's the devil whispering in your ear. It's not your inner conscious. It's not anything. It's like, hey, I'm your life. I'm the one who yeah, took I'm you there. Yeah, dream, make you real. Yeah, yeah. That it's the it's the devil talking to you and in into from your inner mind probably. That's cool. This was probably my number fifteen song, fourteen. Oh, that's too bad. So uh, we're but, very off then. Yeah, we're very off on that one. But it, it was it was a bunch of stuff that I kind of had on and off, and, yeah. and and it's in that it's in that fifteen space. That I it was one of those songs that jumped in and out of my yeah. 12. Had we had um, a bigger scope, I would have even brought in some load. Actually, I, I actually would have liked almost to do this in like half and half. Yeah, do everything black forward and then do everything yeah. after black. I, I agree because, because after black, maybe we want to do an after black later. Yeah. I don't know if you have anything after Let's, black on, on your. Oh, you have one more on your. I know which one you have. If you have one on your list yet, Lulu. Yeah, Lulu. It has to be Lulu. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's let's hear uh, some sad but true from Jake as his number maybe, two. Maybe we'll do a part two later. Let's put that in the bank. We definitely have some good B-roll. <laughs> We were that was, to, oh, I was, I was so I, close I, to being my number one. Yeah, I was walking around with uh, my uh, my video camera as mm. we were doing this. Such a good tune. It is a good tune. Uh, and again, it might be because when my introduction to Metallica was the yeah, black you came album. in with black. I came in with Injustice for All. So yeah. it's, it's sort of that, and right on the back end of Master, 
And yeah. when did you start Another going in that space? Yep. The the whole from Ride the Lightning through Injustice for All for me is like Metallica when I started. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then when Black hit, I was like, yeah, I like a lot. No, But I'm always kind of the one that's more open uh-huh. to some of that stuff. You know, when they're changing, when they're moving. I was the one that everybody's like, oh, man, I can't stand that. Why, what are they doing? I'm like, dude, I like it. You know? Yeah. Well, I tend to thing... like, like, even like some of Load and Reload. If you I took, do, too, If you yeah. took Load and Reload, blew that up. Metallica's problem, and this is my one soapbox. Rob is on a soapbox. Well, I'm getting on it next. So <laughs> get off. Okay, my, I'm on my soapbox. <laughs> okay, my soapbox, Metallica. Yeah. They didn't write a bad song in their mind. They had to release yeah. everything that they wrote. Right. They didn't trim the fat. If they would trim yeah. the fat, if they would have somebody come in and said, freak, man. Yeah. They need a producer. Number one, like, don't release that anger. Yeah. Number two, <laughs> load and reload is one album. Instead yeah. of putting those ridiculous number of songs on there, pick eight. And let's pick the best well, eight. Yeah. It could have been load plus three songs i'm not even reload. load no 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 i think i like re- load i, I mean i almost was... think reload is better than load i know uh, dude no i mean uh, you have let, let's just go through it okay I'll, I'll... load i have okay. one two three four five six seven, so nine, so i have 11 songs for, of load okay. i'm like oh yeah those are notable for, for me three it, off a of reload for me it's fuel yeah memory remains okay i guess right That's, devil's uh, dance devil's gonna... dance and then bad seed yeah, I yeah, I actually like Low Man's lyric just because it's weird. Yeah, I like that one a little bit. Yeah, so I mean, I can kind of go there, and then off of, off of load, King Nothing. Yeah. House of Jackal. House of Jackal. Maybe two by four is just yeah. Oh, two what? by four is great. Two by four is a good groove, but it has no lyrical basis for anything. Yeah, but it's about those it's riffs. It's crap. It's <laughs> it's crap writing. It's it's. From from well, my, my problem is I trust me I was the one on two by four when it came out yeah. and I, I liked it but the more I listened to it every time I listened to him like what the hell are we singing about you know I'm thinking about James Hetfield as this great lyricist and I'm talking about yes, it like through this no, podcast I agree with that and I'm like two by four is crap ain't my female dog <laughs> but that's not even what he he said it's about it's a, your problem it ain't my problem. Until it I, sleeps is okay. Uh, it's all right. Hero of the day is kind of cheese. The, but this is what's kind of indicative of this era is that he he was taking vocal lessons. I think Cure, his, I like. I like Cure. Yeah, I love that Cure, song. I like. Uh, Ronnie is crap. No, uh, that's a good slinky southern riff that's yeah, going on Yeah, but right? it's not Metallica. If you want to listen to the next Leonard Skinner album, well, put Ronnie on it. But, well, but listen to Ed King, I know. Ed King's solo album. Put Ronnie on Ed King's solo album. <laughs> But don't put it on Metallica. And I, and I agree with you, but at the same time, I look at every Metallica album, and then each one is not... They, because this is their their fault, is that they always tried to intentionally be a little different. Sometimes to their detriment. And in all fairness, they put three X's on Fixer. That sucked. <laughs> I but, listen, but it's triple X. You I don't understand. that today, I was like, bleh. Oh, it's so one. bad. Anyway, as I said, you can probably get eight. Eight songs. Like if you, I, yeah. if you and me came together, we could make we could, one load album. Ten songs because there yeah. be, be two songs that I don't. Because love there's some really noteworthy like. songs, and right. I, like I said, I almost put some of those songs on this list, but I I felt like 
it wouldn't be doing a service to like the Metallica opus, like all the songs that should be represented. Any but song on some Lord really is not good a Metallica songs. opus. I don't know. Outlaw Torn or uh, Bleeding Me are very special songs, I feel like, but I couldn't put them in there because there's other songs that needed to be there. No, I get it. Oh, real quick, while we're like taking this little detour, let me make this detour longer. <laughs> Uh, I want to talk about a song that I don't think you have on your list. And if you do, I really am sad for you. Uh, It's I Disappear. Which is, yeah, thank God. Uh, Which is. The Mission Impossible song? Yeah, the Mission Impossible was on the Mission (laughs) Impossible. But the the most important thing about I Disappear is it blew up Napster. And here's what happened. And I don't think a lot of people know this that when I Disappear, they were working on I Disappear. They came up with. Three versions of I Disappear. And they were deciding which version to release. And as they were deciding what version to release, the radio station started playing I Disappear. Mm. Because it leaked on Napster. And then that blew up. It made Lars lose his freaking gore. I bet. And it was like, we didn't even decide what's on the release. And it's already out on the radio stations. And it's already out on whatever. So what the freak is going on? And that's what blew him up. And it wasn't necessarily this money grab, but it's like, it's that moment in time where you have the industry shift. Exactly, yeah. Everything shift. Everything moved. And they shut Napster down, in all fairness. Yeah, yeah. And I remember being in school, and I was was actually in, uh, I was going to Wake Forest, in graduate school and we had a guy from the fbi come and talk to us what, what no he talked to us just about general stuff right a bit being in the fbi and about an ex-graduate music. right but we that came up about that he's like yeah man if you do that you can go to jail and he was legit about it i was like dude i if you saw my hard drive i'd be in jail like <laughs> five days ago because when napster was hitting i was hitting napster if you know what i'm saying yeah i mean because- imagine being like a music fan that's why i've always said it's like all of a sudden there's this library of music that's available to you yeah i'm gonna pull everything you went from buying your own tapes yeah. to spotify in that yes in that flash of a moment and yeah and you downloaded it, but you didn't know there was viruses. There was oh, I know. Uh, there was yeah. everything, and you didn't know how quality it yeah, was. I and, some hard drives and you're sure. downloading stuff, and it, it's kind of like uh, you know when they're ripping movies and stuff like that mm-hmm. nowadays. And, and in all fairness, the battle was not between Napster and mm-hmm. Metallica or the fans in Metallica. Metallica was stepping up and trying to stop what eventually happened, yeah. and. Yeah, it was and, and as bad as they got a big bad hit about it, yeah. the people behind the other side were not the fans. These were the venture capitalists behind Napster. These were the multi-billionaires pushing that stuff behind Napster, who was against Metallica, who were millionaires. Yeah. Uh, but, you know what I mean? It, it came across and they spun it like, you're against your fans, you're against whatever. And I don't think that that's truly what they were, but they were just so pissed off that their songs got out there before they released it and a bunch of yeah, stuff happened totally. so but uh, anyway it's uh, such a it's a it's a really yeah it's a deep topic cuz i remember even reading uh henry rollins quote about it of he'd rather be heard than paid and that was something i was like but that's henry rollins yeah he was right. never metallica totally and that's what i mean there's there's an element of me that kind of relates to that I'm like yeah in, in all the things i've done yeah 
be nice to have some money, but really just kind of would be cool to have you, what you've done contributed to, to be kind of heard. And that could be the end of it. But, but yeah, it's, uh, it was kind of the indicative point of where all of a sudden the industry was turned upside down and it, it's still a lot of ways upside down and we're seeing how it's kind of going to settle. Well, and, it's already, you know, it's, it's completely blown up. I mean, yeah. if you step back and look at it, the only way, the only reason you're seeing this resurgence of bands who are like 60, 55, mm. Metallica, believe it or not, yeah, uh, is still touring and doing this stuff. Uh, Metallica is still making good music and Hardwired is a good album and I'm sure whatever they come up with next will be, if they keep on the same track, will be even better. But they're still coming through and having to tour more because they can't make money off of right. uh, any you know royalties that they're used to. Yeah, because nobody's even, buying they, Metallica they even put on albums. festivals. They did that Orion Festival, I think a couple. Yeah, but that failed. Years. I mean, that right. was that was a disaster. And I have some friends that a band King who were on that and Holy were like crap. friends. I completely forgot. Now we have to just take us before we're on number two here. Uh, Ralph McKinley. Sent this thing in about, <laughs> and I almost forgot because we just kept going. Uh, Ralph McKinley sent this thing in about his experience with Metallica, and I think it's worthwhile to talk about, and I think it's interesting for both of us to talk about, really. Uh, and it's not something that we both experienced, but Ralph did. So let's hear uh, Ralph for a minute, and uh, then we'll go back into number two, right? Yeah. Okay. Let's hear what Ralph has to say about his experience with Metallica. Ralph? Here you go. Started seeing heavy metal bands in the early 80s down on the Sunset Strip at the Whiskey Go-Go, the Roxy, the Starwood. We're at the Troubadour. Went to see Rat and Saxon one night. Rat was opening up for Saxon. Enjoyed that show. Probably six to eight months after that Rat and Saxon show, Rat was headlining at the Troubadour with a couple of new opening bands. So I called my buddy to go see him. Went down to the Troubadour, the opening band, four guys, long hair, wearing denim, just had a different look than what was going on with the early 80s heavy metal. Just did not have that hair metal look. No teased hair, no spandex. These guys were long hair, denim, just straightforward. And these guys tore it up. Four guys on stage that night were McGovney on bass, James Hetfield singing, playing rhythm guitar, Lars Ulrich playing drums, and then Dave Mustaine playing lead guitar. And their energy that night was unbelievable. It had the energy of, of like a punk band, but still had that heavy metal feel. So just instantly fell in love with Metallica that night and was lucky enough to see him two more times, probably in 1983, two times over at the Country Club, which is in Reseda. Saw him open up for Raven one night and saw him play with Armored Saint another night and both nights the energy that Metallica had once again just had this punk feeling uh, there was mosh pits going and there was you know people stage diving which I'd never really seen for heavy metal bands it was kind of had that punk feel so feel really lucky that I was able to see Metallica three times before uh, Ride the Lightning ever came out the first night I saw him I think it was about the 14th or 15th time they had ever played together so I have just really enjoyed watching Metallica grow throughout the year and obviously becoming one of the largest heavy metal bands in the world and would love to go see him again I actually haven't seen him since 1983 but would love to go see him again but hope everyone enjoys the rest of the podcast with uh, Jake and Rob hey uh, that was pretty cool I can't imagine wow. imagine actually being able to see Metallica with like Mustaine 
and McCovney. I and mean, McGovney, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah McGovney. And it's like, this is like infant, infancy of Metallica yeah. to see them live. If How you even knew awesome what you that? were like beholding. And, and evidently, it, it made that impact. Ralph, if you don't know, he's like a lifelong Metallica fan club member. He's like, he's just like a huge Metallica guy. And, nice. but he's from that beginning in LA, he was yeah. one of those few people who really like dug them and would go out of their way to see them when they were there. And wow, that's really cool. Yeah, I can't imagine. I, I just, I, I'm imagining being in that space where it's like Iron Maiden is the hardcore of anything, right? And you're seeing Metallica hit with and just uh, and with Kill 'em All, pretty much that's all they had. So you're talking Four right. Horsemen, you're talking Seek and Destroy, you're talking that sort of stuff, and it's hitting, and it's like, yeah, not even whoa. aware of the potential that's about to uh, yeah, explode, going to explode, and mm-hmm. you know, explode bigger on uh, Mustaine, I guess. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and their bassist <laughs> that first, but yeah, yeah wherever Rama Gebney is, he's, yeah, uh, yeah. But he was he was there, you know, and he did what he you know he started the band and you know, he served a purpose. He said he wasn't a partner in any of the albums, and uh, and at least uh, you know Mustaine was you know yeah. a, a songwriter on a bunch of the albums. Yeah, which is cool. I, I'm I'm glad there's a Megadeth out there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, Megadeth I actually quite like. In I don't know if I can come up with twelve. Yeah, I was gonna say that might be a struggle. Uh, but I, but for I me. think I think I can come up with the top six. I would definitely have a top yeah. six from from Megadeth. But anyway, uh, sweating bullets, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, me. It's me again. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, so you get it. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. All right. So that was your three, right? And then we're going to two. No, I did number two. Myself, you did number two. Okay. Okay. Great. Two. So my number two. Is on Ride the Lightning, and believe it or not, you said it already, you bastard. <laughs> For whom? Really? Oh, did you? Did you say it? Yeah, I did. For that, whom? That's my twelve. The bell tolls. For me, the oh, iconic wow. lick, Marriott. And once again, it, wow. this is a live feel from Metallica. Yeah, this song is like holy cow! Dun 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 dun. And I'm from a guitarist, so that may be a slightly different. Maybe. Cliff Burton plays quite a bit in here. He mm-hmm. played the intro using his bass, and most mm-hmm. people think it's guitar. Yeah, that is. Yeah, and, and, you know, the anvil, of course, that I mentioned before. And and Lars does such a good job here with his fills are freaking amazing. And uh, look to the sky just before you die. It's yeah. the last time, time you, will. you will. And he hits those drums. Right. It's just yeah, it's, yeah. It's crazy good. And as much as, you know, I wouldn't, if I had to keep on time, if I was in a recording studio with Lars, I'd lose my freaking mind. But <laughs> but when he's playing live he's, he's and when he's playing with what he's doing, and yeah. if there's somebody who needs to do fills, somebody who's playing that stuff, and if somebody's playing intricate stuff with that having to worry about keeping time, that's Lars freaking over. Yeah, him and, or uh, Keith Moon. Or yeah, <laughs> but, but it's just, he's it, it's just killer. And uh, for me... Uh, whom the bell tolls doesn't get well. It gets one better than that, and I wait. Hope this is your two or one? This is my two. Oh, okay, it's not my number one. My number it, this is my twelve. I know because you, you had, because you have no taste. You had to put <laughs> nothing else matters in there. It almost somewhere. didn't even make my cut at all. <laughs> I know, but 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 nothing else matters really made your cut. 
I couldn't believe it. And I know I'm number one's gonna be freaking unforgiven. And I'm gonna lose my freaking gourd. <laughs> anyway, let's hear from whom the bell tells. ACDC. That's a freaking anvil. That's what I have to say. Anyway, that's the number two song for whom the bell tolls. And now, since it's my turn, I get to go number one, and you haven't said I'm it curious. yet, so I'm going to go number one, and I'm going to go off of Lay Master of Puppets. And it's the title track of Master of Puppets, oh, okay. which is one of the most iconic riffs in metal ever. And the fact that you may not even have it on There's your list this is cool parts, but it's, it's, it's a long the, song. But the riff... <laughs> is the most iconic in metal ever. No. It, yes. That's your number one. Yes, that's my number one. All right. Uh, love the break after the verse chords. Uh, Master Puppets, right? Um, it picks up in like five minutes in. Granted, it's a long song. And it sends into a march, Master, Master. And once you yeah. go live, and once you're in that crowd, people no, I agree. chanting yeah. Master, That Master, collective experience. Master. Yeah, yeah. It, it's crazy. And it's all about... It's about drugs, but it's mostly about cocaine, uh, about that kind of gripping the the lives of Metallica and gripping the lives of many people. Uh, Hetfield actually plays the first solo, believe it or not, yeah, yeah. and then Hammett plays that final fast solo. And uh, actually, when Kirk was playing the final solo, he pulled his top string off the fretboard. Like if you hear it, and and, and like like a high siren sound in a solo, he actually pulls his string, his E string, uh-huh. off of the fretboard. Oh, to get that kind of twang. Yeah, to get that sort of twang. And I'm, uh-huh. I'm, I'm hitting an acoustic guitar, so it doesn't quite work the same. But when you when you pull it off, it's not meant to be, but he did it in in the studio. Yeah. And, and they're like, freak it, keep it. That's freaking awesome. Huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it wasn't one of the things that you normally want to do. It's not a technical thing to do. Hey, it it's just something that he did. And uh, for me, oh, I, I know that. Yeah, I love the laugh at the end. When mm. Metallica played the uh, two songs in China, uh, the Chinese government told them not to play this song. Really? Yeah, because they Why? didn't want to harbor unrest as if Chinese government was the master of puppets. Wow. So they did not want them to play it, although they did play the riff quickly in it. In this in the set, but they didn't go into the uh, song because it's different when you have guns in your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As much I like, can imagine, I was I was in China in like 1999, and you know, there's people like the tour guides are taking you around, they're doing whatever, and they're all Chinese government people, and uh, uh, it's this weird sort of like you're really followed around by Big Brother at that time, and yeah. I can't I can't imagine being a metal band in that space. And, right, you know, you yeah, can't do this, too. and you're, yeah. you're you're trying to get your music out there and do what you have to do, but huh. the Master of Puppets well, is just sort of. It's a good thing they didn't have a "Don't Tread on Me" written at at that point. Uh-huh. Oh, "Don't Tread on Me" is your number one. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> the number one song ever by Metallica. <laughs> Thank you. 
Anyway, that's the number one song, and I'd ask what Jake's number one is, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> because because number one has already already five. already been already been done. So <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I understand. I have a feeling what Jake's number one is because he, he just likes the word matching with his number. So if it's gonna it. be my number one, it's gonna be one. That's good, I got yeah. You can't argue then. <laughs> I can argue it, but that's okay. I guess you can. <laughs> but come on. That it's that memorable uh the clean guitar intro solos um yeah it's just uh starts soft melodic kind of builds into that heaviness that we talked about to that classic double bass like machine gun build up part it has a little bit of everything for everybody and this is a song when i think about like metallica all the like the special things about Metallica. This is a, a representative song. The video was amazing, and the in concert, yeah, like for Injustice for All. I remember, I saw it twice, obviously, but the the way they do it, they do like it also drops out, and they have the surround sound going. They have mm. the speakers going all around the stage with the with the choppers, and everything. yeah, the choppers, yep. and they have like tracers going they across, still do the, that. across yeah. the screen. Mm. And, Across the stage or whatever. It's really just killer. Uh, let's hear a little bit more one. Do we hear we, we let's some, some one? Let's hear that kind of double bass outro where it really kicks in. So precise. Yeah. Okay. That's not. That's so uh, dialed in. That's so tight. Jake's number one, which was one, which I'm looking back at this and I'm like trying to figure out. That was my number four, and that was his number one. So I think that has a good chance of actually being number one overall. Oh, when, yeah. when we start pushing the, the computer, uh, yeah. the computer, yeah. uh, going through. So in let's the algorithms. So yeah. let's take that algorithm and uh, push all of our data into it and come up with our. Official Dirty Dozen, although it should be Master Puppets number one, top 12 or Dirty Dozen Metallica songs. So let's put that in and uh, we'll get that to you in uh, five, four, three, <laughs> two. Okay, now we're at the final. The official Dirty Dozen. Let's start. Should we start with number 12? Let's start with number 12 and work our way up to number one. Number 12 on the official Dirty Dozen rankings for Metallica. Here we go. Okay. Number 12, Enter Sandman. Okay. Number 11, Ride the Lightning. Number 10, Blackened. Oh. Number 9, Nothing Else Matters. Oh. That can't be right. Number 9 is Something Else, but not Nothing Else Matters. Okay, it's Nothing Else Matters. Number 8 is Sad But True. Oh. And number seven it's is going bad. For whom the bell tolls. Number six, fade to black. Okay. That was my number pick. five, master of puppets. Mm. Number four, creeping death. Mm, okay. Number three, battery. Good, good. Number two, and justice for all. Good. And number one is the same. One. Yes. The best song by Metallica. <laughs> so. There we are. Let's review it again. Metallica. 
the best number one from one to 12. Let's go backwards this time. Number one is one. Number two is Injustice for All. Number three is Battery. Number four is Creeping Death. Number five is Master of Puppets. Number six is Fade to Black. Number seven is For Whom the Bell Tolls. Number eight, Sad But True. Number nine, Nothing Else Matters. Number 10, Black. And number 11, Ride the Lightning. And number 12, Enter Sandman. There we have it. Woohoo! And now. Wow. There we are. So are you happy yeah. with what, how and it ended up? made it. Yeah, and one made it number one. So you must Good. be happy. Even though it should have been Master of Puppets. I guess so. <laughs> Definitive Metallica. Uh, yeah, there we go. Is one. So that was so much fun. And I think that we may, in a later date, hit uh, load forward. Yeah, but let's do a part two where we can kind of uh, observe some of the other material they've done, which is noteworthy. But shouldn't have been in the primary by episode, cream of the crop top of 12. By you know? episode 24, we'll redo it. Okay. Okay. Uh, but right now we have uh, next week. Jake is Jake has to take a leave of absence. Well, actually, for, he's just skipping an episode. He has mm. a bunch of things going on at work. He's got deadlines. He's got releases. He's got all his fun stuff going on. And uh, I want to kind of take a right turn anyway. We've It'll been, be fun. Yeah. We've been pushing... You know, we did Guns N' Roses, we did Nirvana, we did Metallica, which are all awesome <laughs> bands. But I had this alter ego, like, I had two people who kind of pushed me during high school. I had this one guy who was into all of, like, the grunge and the metal and all that stuff. And then I had this other guy who was into, like, I don't know, Talking Heads and all of that weird stuff. And he was a big Peter Gabriel fan, so... One of the one of my one of our friends of ours that we hang out with, uh, he was one of the people who started uh, Shiny Toy Guns. So if you ever heard of them, he was an original member of Shiny Toy Guns, and he actually uh, yeah. was uh, was put up for a Grammy for one of their songs, the Disco, yeah. Oh. And uh, uh, Stephen Petrie is going to be sitting yeah. in next week. We love and, us some Petrie. Yeah, he's going to sit in, and we're going to do some uh, for Jake just for one week. It's not a yeah a permanent thing. It's just uh, Jake's got a lot of life going on. As much as I love uh, Peter Gabriel, yeah, I think yeah. Stephen Petrie will. And Peter Gabriel step is up and serve is us. like the man for he he really loves Peter Gabriel. So uh, we're gonna do Peter Gabriel next week, and uh, I like Peter Gabriel quite a bit. Quite different. It's, it's I'm such a weird dynamic on the bands that I like. Here I'm talking about hardcore and playing yeah. heavy stuff, but. When I listen to Peter Gabriel, that's not what I'm listening for. So it'll be interesting next week. And uh, Stephen is just such a a good guy, and he's been re- you know signed to a music contract since he was 13 years old. So uh, he's been in a bunch of different bands, from boy bands to alternative bands <laughs> to pretty much everything. Yeah. Steve is just a, a great guy, and uh, hopefully he'll uh, come through next week. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. I really appreciate all of your time. Uh, once again, thanks again to Ralph McKinley for stepping up and yeah. and putting an audio. If anybody That's wants to great. do that, uh, send it to rob at dirtydozenpodcast.com. If you ever want to send any of that stuff, just email it to me. And if it's uh, good and if it's under two minutes, uh, we'll try to send it on. If it's the only thing we get that week, it's going on. So don't worry. <laughs> We love all of the the comments and the things you guys are making, yeah, and we've had participate. five people share our last video that we made. Nice, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, and trust me, 
This next one is even more messed up than Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Jake is floating through the air right now because I can't tell the difference. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a strong drink. Strong drink. Thank you so much for being a part of our lives mm-hmm. and being a part of our podcast. And I will see you in two weeks with Stephen Petrie and in four weeks with Jacob Newkirk. Yeah. In the middle, we're going to be doing a really cool video with Jake. Coming That's up. right. So we'll have it set up. So Jake's videos will still be coming. So don't worry about that. He won't <laughs> take any delay from that. And uh, then we're going to be doing after that. Oh, it's going to be so good after that. You you won't believe what the bands we're going to be doing. But it's <laughs> bands you love. If you don't agree with any of our picks, please tell us. Yeah. And tell us why Let's we're fight. wrong. Let's fight. Let's, Let's fight uh, about it. Uh, bring it on. Bring it on, punk. All right. <laughs> anyway. Love you guys. Uh, Thank you for being a part of our our world. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm. See you in a couple weeks. And check out our video next week. Bye now.